0: Welcome to week 13 in the Resilient Catholics community. This is our weekly Interconnections talk. It is good to be with you. I am Dr. Peter. Thank you for being here today. And now there was no reading, no new reading today in our workbook, our Bonnie Weiss self-therapy workbook. Instead, we're going to do a deep dive into questions of safety. Questions of safety. This is an absolutely crucial topic. I don't think it gets enough attention in our workbook. I don't think it gets enough attention generally. So, together, we're really going to focus on it today. It's good to have your parts journal handy. It's good to have your parts maps with you, especially for the experiential exercise. So, going to invite you to get those. And today, a deep dive into the topic of safety. Unblending. We're going to talk a little bit about unblending. That's been a major theme for us ever since week six. Unblending. It's the most critical aspect of this work to this point. Remember, most people are blended most of the time, maybe all the time. That's the standard state of affairs. It's very common for people to be blended and it's very difficult. It's really impossible to do deeper work with exiles if you are really blended. And the number one impediment to unblending is parts being afraid. Parts blend with the self in the first place because of fear, because they're afraid. And parts refuse to unblend because they are afraid. That's why they blend and that's why they won't unblend. That's the number one reason is because of fear. And why are parts afraid? The number one reason why parts are afraid is because they feel unsafe. They feel unsafe because they perceive danger in the present. They perceive danger rightly or wrongly. They perceive danger in the present. Parts may be caught in the past in some moment from long ago when the situation was indeed very unsafe in reality, in the moment and parts of view the present through the distorted lens of their narrow slice of experience. I'm going to say that again, parts of view the present through the distorted lens of their narrow slice of experience. And it's not just what they experienced, but how they construed that experience. Parts may be anticipating the future, trying to figure out how to avoid harm as though it were 30 years ago or longer. I can't emphasize this enough. Things go so much better in the process of integration in parts work. If the parts feel safe, not just some of the parts, but all of the parts. Now, often We have well-intentioned productive parts, managers who want to get her done. You know, these managers with their good intentions, with their agendas are willing to steamroll other parts, to suppress other parts, to banish them, to get them out of the way in order to quote, make progress end quote in parts work. And there's an irony here. Parts who are disconnected from the self cannot help other parts. Parts who are disconnected from the self cannot love other parts. Now, this is a mistake that therapists also make. It is very common for therapists to rush through and not spend enough time on the issues of safety. Therapists have parts that are pushing for some kind of results too. And this is what often causes impasses in therapy. The important thing is that we want to create conditions in which parts feel safe. That's the first primary condition for secure attachment. That's straight from Brown and Elliot felt safety and security, felt safety and security. So, so important. And we want the self to be a secure base that the parts can trust, that they can look to for a sense of protection for a sense of security. All the other primary conditions for attachment require this first one, felt safety and protection. And the emphasis is on that word felt. It can't just be actual safety. Yes, we need actual safety, safety that is objectively present, but that safety needs to be felt. And that felt safety can't be just for one of our parts or two of our parts or a set of our parts. We want that sense of safety to come to all of our parts. We want felt safety, felt protection across all of our parts. No part left behind. No part alienated or isolated, coping with fear or even terror all alone. That's the first condition for secure attachment. Felt safety, and security. And when we bring that into an IFS model, that's not just some of our parts feeling safe and secure. That's all of our parts being able to access that safety and security. And very, very few people have that. What we're going for here is really quite unusual. If you have that felt safety and security, and it doesn't have to be perfect, but if you have that Then the other conditions for secure attachment become much easier. The second one, feeling seen, heard, known, and understood. That requires a sense of safety. Parts don't want to be seen or heard by someone they don't trust or someone they're afraid of. Scared parts don't want to be understood or known by potential aggressors or abusers or those who are just relationally clumsy and unattuned. They don't want that. That safety comes first. Then a deep sense of feeling seen, heard, known, and understood. And that opens the door to the third condition of secure attachment, which is feeling calmed, soothed, and reassured. Now, how would we ever feel calm, soothed, and reassured if we didn't have a sense of safety? That just wouldn't happen. So again, you see how the third condition of secure attachment, feeling calmed, soothed, and reassured how that requires a sense of safety. And so does the fourth one. The fourth, the fourth condition of secure attachment is feeling cherished and treasured and rejoiced in, delighted in. Well, you can't have that unless you have the safety in the relationship. And it's not just, again, actual safety. It's felt safety across parts. And then the fifth one, feeling that the other has my best interests in mind. If I don't feel safe with the other person I'm certainly not going to be confident that that other person has my best interests at heart that that person is considering and and striving for my highest good Parts are often very very young and very very afraid there's so much fear. And this is so often stated in the Bible. Let's go right back from Genesis to Revelation. We can find evidence of this all through all the books of the Bible. Genesis 50, verses 20 to 21. This is where Joseph, the son of Jacob, a type of Christ in the Old Testament, was modeling God's love to his brothers. Remember, his brothers sold him into slavery. And he said to them after they came to Egypt looking for grain to prevent starvation, He said to them in Genesis 50 verses 20 to 21, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Thus, he reassured them and comforted them. I want you to really think about that. I will provide for you and your little ones. Most people would, you know, interpret that in a natural way as, you know, as their children, right? That Joseph is talking about his nieces and nephews, the sons and daughters of his brothers. But we can also think about the little ones as being our parts. I think, you know, it's not the standard interpretation, but God providing for us. We see this again over and over in scripture, Isaiah forty one thirteen: For I, the Lord, your God, hold your right hand. It is I who say to you, fear not, I will help you. And we see this in Luke, when the angel came to the, to the shepherds to announce the birth of the Christ child. And what did the angel open with? Be not afraid for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy, which will come to all the people. And then we have the assurances straight from our Lord Jesus Christ. When he says in Matthew 10:31, "Fear not therefore, you are of more value than many sparrows." Luke 12:32, "Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom." Luke 14:27, "Peace I leave with you; my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you." Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Right, so many assurances and so much addressing of this root cause of so many mistakes, this root cause, this fear, this fear. And where does that fear come from? From not being safe. This is why our Lord so tenderly refers to us as his little flock, you know, as his beloved. Parts are trying really hard to deal with the fear in the ways they know how, but those ways are limited. They're incomplete and parts when they're acting autonomously, when they're not in right relationship with the self, those parts always get what they don't want. They're never going to find the safety they are seeking if they don't have the self leading and guiding the system more. They may find a kind of numbed detachment. They might find a temporary respite from fear or other symptoms, but not an abiding peace not a sense of ongoing security, especially when facing situational difficulties, especially when facing the challenges of life. So there's some guiding principles I'd like you to bear in mind in order to work safely and to increase safety when you're working with your parts. The first is to assume that parts are very young. Some may not be young, but many are, and even if they appear to be adult-like, taking on much responsibility, you can often find that they're quite young. In working with your parts, consider how you would be with them if they were like little children under your care. How would you connect with them if they were three, four, five, seven years old? How do you create conditions for safety for little kids in that kind of situation? That's the first, to assume parts are young. The second is to ask parts not to overwhelm. You can ask parts directly not to overwhelm before you begin working with them. And this helps parts that are afraid that other parts will flood us with emotion or create a sense of overwhelm. If parts agree to work collaboratively and cooperatively and they agree not to blend, not to take over, not to drive our bus, that often reassures other parts, especially as they see that that actually plays out. The third is we can set limits on the amount of the parts experience that will be shared, right? In other words, rather than overwhelm us with a tsunami of emotion, there can be just a little sip, right? In other words, you don't have to be knocked over by a tidal wave of emotion to experience that emotion. We can take a sip. The fourth is to set limits on time that we're engaged with the part, you know, to say, I'm going to, I'm going to see if it's okay with my protectors to work with this part for just four minutes, three minutes, 10 minutes, whatever it may be. And when I'm working with clients clinically, I will often set a timer so that, you know, that time limit is recognized and acknowledged. So there are ways that we can negotiate safety with our protectors creating a sense of safety and protection for your parts is really about you loving you. And in the first week of the Ignatian exercises, that all is about safety. If you look at how those exercises start, it's all about safety. So many times our parts don't feel safe with God. They don't feel safe with God. Parts often benefit so much from having the self in a mediating role between the part and God. The Ignatian exercises in the first week start with God's creative unconditional love. Start, they start with focusing on that. They start with this very positive sense of God, this very positive sense of self, this very positive sense of creation. That first week of Ignatian exercises recognizes that we have problematic God images talked a lot about those in the interior integration for Catholics podcast from episodes 23 to 29 parts who are disconnected from the self are going to inevitably have distorted understandings of God. So the Ignatian exercises with all that wisdom that St. Ignatius of Loyola put into them, recognize that before we move on, we need to experience God's deep and endless love for us despite our failings, despite our shortcomings. Only then can we consider giving ourselves to God. We can't do that if we don't feel a sense of safety with God. We may be able to hunker down and by the sheer power of our will move forward for a little while, but parts that are afraid are going to be throwing these monkey wrenches into the works and slowing us down. So the care that we put into loving our parts and getting that cooperation and that collaboration on board, especially around safety, that's time well spent. And we'll see that when we move to our experiential exercise. So I'm just going to invite you into that brief discussion about this talk, and I'll see you on the other side.